What's going on? It's your boy, Marcus Holmes, the blended family guy coming to you again. It's December 17th. Wow. 6.07 p.m. Sorry for the little technical difficulties. I'm telling you, we're going to get this B live. It's going to get straight. We got it. All right. We're going to get it um, where it's completely, completely seamless. What are we talking about today is balance versus harmony. You know, a good friend of mine, a coach of mine, uh, Howard White, um, it had to have been two or three years ago now, I think, um, could have been longer. Um, when I was talking to him about branding in terms of the blended family guy and what his purpose, its mission was, and I said, you know, that blended, you know, that balance. And, you know, he, he really brought in some good, valuable points in that not necessarily um, – about trying to find balance, okay? It's about trying to find harmony. Harmony within the different dynamics of your life, whether it's family, relationship, career, all of that. Hey, what's going on, Taria? Yeah, you like the holiday? <laughs> oh, you like the holiday thing? Hey, well, Taria, guess what? We're bringing it to you. It's a week before the holidays. Uh, a week before Christmas. So, yeah, I had to get in the Christmas spirit. I'm glad you like my holiday thing. Now, let me show you something with this amazing technology that I can do, Taria. So you're really going to like this. So just watch this. I was in Montreal on Thursday and Friday. Right. And man, it was so cold. So in honor of being in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, Here's some snow for you right now. See that snow? Tree, I hope you like the snow. It's good, the framing. I'm gonna tell you something right now. Montreal, negative 11 degrees, I believe it was on Thursday. It felt like negative 1 million. It was so cold. So that being said, harmony versus balance. A lot of people say, you know, I wanna live a balanced lifestyle. There's no such thing, all right? Um, what you really need to be going after is harmony. All right. So we're going to be touching on a few of those things right now um, in this particular broadcast. Right. So this is what this is what it's going to be about. And, and if it's your first time tuning in to the blended family guy, my name is Marcus Holmes. Um, I've been married almost 17 years to my wonderful wife, Crystal. Um, I have two amazing kids. One is Camille, she's age 25, and she is a dad's dream. She makes me very proud. Then I have my six-year-old son. Um, yeah, so we started over, but I, I, um, I inherited an amazing young lady and my daughter, and uh, it has been an amazing journey, right? So that's where the blended family guy came 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 into fruition is over over 16 years ago when we were married so it has not been easy me and my wife want to be transparent in the things that we went through so you don't have to um but we i just i don't always just talk about family in the blend i'm talking about work-life harmony um between your your family your work your career your, your you know those boards you're sitting on um, career progression, those types of things all play into the blended family guy and what I bring.
So that being said, that being said, right, um, let's get into it. Let's get into it. And I want your questions. I want your I want the feedback. We got some really superb things going on in 2018 that I think are you're going to really want to dial into. Um, I'm not going to release some of the topics yet, but we're securing quite a few um, people that we're going to be interviewing. Um, some other people that are experts in blended families, but have their own dynamic, their own area of expertise. Um, we're going to be bringing on leadership consultants, uh, some of the best um, in the business, the best in the industry. We're going to be touching on some really, really tough topics like molestation, um, you know, the LGBT um, community and how that works within the family, right? Because I'm seeing some really horrendous things going on when you have children who say, you know what, mom, dad, I'm homosexual, right? And you're seeing, I think, again, some of the most horrific things where you're having parents disown the child, um, act like they've never been born, saying things that they can never take back. But I'm just letting you know that, you know, um, you have to be prepared to deal with those certain things. I'm gonna be offering insights. Every family is different. I'm only offering you my perspective. I'm not saying mine is right. I'm not saying that I'm the de facto standard, but I will tell you this. I'll always, always refer back to the word of God, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And I'm going to tell you, ultimately, Jesus loved people. And so that's what we want to do. Right. So I'm just letting you know, we got some amazing topics coming in 2018. They're going to be riveting. We got some best selling authors. Um that are going to be being interviewed to bring their expertise. So I am super excited. Um, it's going to be mind blowing uh, in 2018. Really want to bring some relevant content for you. So let's get into it. Balance versus harmony. All right, let's go. Let's go. Let's 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 get into it. Um, balance versus harmony. When you look at that, um, let's 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 talk about it. Right. Let's show that. All right. Um, Oh, here, hold on, sorry about that. And I'm trying to show balance versus harmony. Come on, show that for me. Oh, give me one second, y'all. All right, we're gonna do it this way. All right, y'all. The beauty of technology is that technology is an amazing thing. All right, so we're gonna try this. Okay, let's go then. All right, so let's let's not worry about the technology. Here's what we're gonna do. The difference between balance and harmony, let's give you a quick definition. And I was trying to put that up on the screen so you wouldn't have to take notes, but balance is a point between two opposite forces that is desirable over purely one state or the other. So balance, balance means that there is a, a struggle. There's an opposite or two opposing forces trying to balance. I want you to think of a seesaw, right? It's a give and a take. You know, you have 70 pounds on this side, 30 pounds on the other. That way you're keeping, the, you know, it's going to be in balance. But 
50-50 is balance. Why, 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 why are we talking about balance versus harmony? Because in my opinion, most oftentimes in life, it's never going to get to a point where everything is 50-50, where you, your relationship with your wife or your spouse or your children is 50-50, where they're giving you equal parts to what you're giving back, right? So here's the, here's the thing about balance. Balance can never, and, and I think in, in a euphoric environment, in an ideal environment, balance can absolutely be attained. But if you're <laughs> the average person that has, you know, a, a career, family, outside activities, there's no there's no way that you can be 50-50 in all those points, right? Because 50-50 is that. Can you be 33-33-33? Mm, but you get my point. Harmony, though. Harmony. Harmony is the one thing that you must look at. So here's balance. I was able to get that. It's 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 working for me now. Balance a point between two opposite forces that is desirable over purely one state or the other. So balance in the good thing when you look at it from the definition, it's a great thing to try to pursue. Right. You're, you're, you're saying that, you know what? I want both without stating one is more important than the other. That's that's good. I'm not trying to see, show that I'm selfish. Right. I'm not trying to show that. But guess what? Guess what? Here's what you have to remember. Here's what you have to remember. So I know, Terea, great definition of balance. I loved it, too, when I found it. But here's what here's what I think most people really desire to seek. And we're going to dive deep into this. Right. This is what most people really desire to have. And I am trying to get to number three. Yeah, where did you go? There we go. We're going to get that back in here because I want to go through three right here. All right, we're going to show number three. Number three, balance. Balance is a point between two opposite forces that is desirable over purely one state or the other. But what is harmony, right? Let's go back to what harmony is. We're going to go through that definition right now. Harmony, harmony is the quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. Why is that huge? Because there are going to be times in your life, and this is how, again, um, I, I've had to formulate it, is there's going to be times in your life. For example, December is an absolutely crazy month for me and my wife, my wife especially, right? She has her piano recital, which really is more so like a production then she's doing work for um, the children's ministry at one of the local churches here in Houston. They have a great thriving children's ministry. She's doing that. And then she, you know, I think she she took on, um, which which is just a, a, she loves to do it, which is event planning. She's just an amazing decorator, amazing facil facilitator when it comes to events and just making them look amazing and great. Um, and then on top of that, um, she's doing a few other things, you know, in terms of just lessons, of course, being a mom, being a wife. Um, and then in December, I've been traveling quite a bit. Like I said, I just got back from Montreal and earlier last week I was in Dallas. So harmony, harmony. How do you strike harmony with all of that? Well, sometimes you have to look at in, in terms of just the overall picture. There are going to be times in your family life where you or your spouse 
are going to be working an exorbitant amount of time on a project. Now, hopefully that project has a time limit. It has an expiration date. Well, as long as you're communicating with your spouse, you guys are vibing, you're, you're working in harmony, you're singing from the same sheet of music, you understand and, you, and resentment doesn't grow, right? So here's what I'm trying to say, and I'm going to cut off the snow, guys, right? Here's what I'm trying to say, that what you have to strike is a harmonious communication, now, I could be a very selfish, a very unthoughtful guy that is looking at my wife like, you know what? You have all this going on. I'm not getting any time. I'm not getting any, any time with you. You, you, you know, you're placing this in front of me. You know, you got this recital. You've been gone all week. You've been coming in late. And you know what? Me and Major need our time. But when you're seeking harmony, you know that, you know what, there's an expiration date to that. And guess what? Now that it's all over. And, and here's the thing, guys. My wife has been going extremely hard. Very proud of her. Has accomplished quite a bit here in the month of December alone. Some really great things. But one thing I also have to realize is she's a little tired. Right. And this is the this is the this is the reality of what I call a blended family, not just in the traditional blended family. Um, I'm talking about in the sense of, you know what? I love when my wife is sitting right here next to me, but I also realize my wife is tired. And guess what? When she got home from the program today from the church that she does um, children's ministry music with, she came home ate, and fell asleep and she needed to. She's tired. How selfish would it be of me to ask that she she joined this broadcast and she's been going hard. So my point is, when you have harmony, harmony, harmony creates an unselfish balance within within your family team. Right. And I see y'all. She's all casual because she just woke up. She's like looking refreshed because. She's been she's been sleeping for hours. So, (laughs) you know, but but harmony is the quality of forming a pleasing and consistent whole. So here's the thing. Although she's been going hard at it, I've been traveling. What we're going to be doing over these holidays is we're completely unplugged. I want to give a few days where I'm literally, literally we're giving complete time and attention to major where we're thinking about running up to great wolf lodge and uh just that's that's a place he wants to go and we're thinking about that well it's inside i thought right isn't it inside well we'll we'll do something i'm just just putting it out there right and my wife knows i'm just she manages our our family schedule so i'm just putting it out there um you know so i i just want you guys to know that Harmony. Oh, and thank you, Taria. Yes, harmony is forming a pleasing and consistent whole. Yes. And I love it. You know why? Because when when yeah, there she is. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, there she is, Taria. She's she she decided sleeping beauty decided to wake up, but she deserved it. Right. So what you have to realize is one, the difference between harmony, right? Just between harmony and the difference between balance. And 
those two were so key. You know, one thing that I'm talking to my daughter and I appreciate she's she's always asking, well, dad, how can I get better? How can I be more efficient? And I'm always telling her, babe, you can't please everybody. Now, you can please some people sometimes, but if you're trying to please everybody, that's a healthy imbalance. So strive for harmony where you understand that there's some people deserve more of your time and there's others that don't. And you need to be okay and content with that. Ooh, that's good. Okay. So that's where I'm, I'm going with this is that you have to understand that, you know what? I gave up a long time ago trying to please people. Mm. Now, um, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that, um, you know, I don't curse. Right. Now, sometimes in my head I do, and I just have to pray that that God, you know, helps me when, when you know, you get somebody that doesn't know how to drive or, you know, um, you stub your toe. Um, and, you know what, y'all, hey, there's my little guy right there. There's Major. Y'all, y'all pray for my son. He's been a little under the weather. Um, today's been battling a fever all day. Um, so I'm going to show you another point of harmony. Another point of harmony where I had to learn and grow. And this brings me to my next point, right? Where have I failed and what have I done to get better? Where have I failed? And and this and, and, and let's go back to this. How do you have a harmonious marriage, family, career, environment? How do you do that? How do you do that, right? Um, we're going to go through that. And I'm going to just be very transparent again, because I don't want you to have to go through what I've went through, but let's go through that. Right. Let's, let's look at what that, what, what that is. And, and it brings me to, again, this point, where have I failed and what have I done to get better? So here's a few notes. Um, early stages of my career, mid thirties, I'm wanting to try to climb the corporate ladder. I'm working at, you know, fortune 10, AT&T, amazing company, great company, great people. Um, Really great leadership there um, from Randall Stevenson all the way, you know, down. There's some really great people. Um, one of my um, chiefest of mentors, um, Xavier Williams, gave me my first shot at managing people. And, you know, out the gate, it was, I think, about a hundred and twenty million dollar book of business um, across government, education, medical several, I think it was just, uh, oh, I can't even remember the number of states and I think it was Louisiana and South Texas. But here's my point. Um, it became to a point where I was working 16, 17 hours a day, um, leaving at seven, getting home at eight or nine o'clock. I had a daughter who um, at that age was um, in middle school, getting ready to start high school and I was not seeing them. Too often I was seeing them as they were either in bed or they were just getting up and it wasn't fair to them. Wasn't a balance at all. I was completely imbalanced, if you want to use that word, but there was no harmony in our household. And then on top of that, I was in I was on the verge of uh, um, we had just brought in the iPhone at at and So, you know, I was all Camille was one of the first. You remember that Camille was one of the first kids on the block that had a Blackberry. All right. My daughter had a. Uh, and an iPhone. And um, uh, my son said he's the second one to have an iPhone. He does not have an iPhone. But um, that being said, <laughs> that being said, um, there wasn't a whole lot of communication, even though I was working for a communications company. 
wow, that's huge. I was working for a communications company, mm. but had very little communication going on in my home. Um, and when I really, when it really turned for me is actually when I joined uh, the John Maxwell team, I was a founding circle uh, partner and in starting to read the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, which I had read several years before, but then I started really understanding what harmony was about and 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 balance and and figuring out, you know what, what I'm doing is not right. And I had God tugging on me, had the Holy Spirit tugging on me, like, dude, you got a you got a daughter, you got a wife. When I get home, sometimes I was on the cell phone. I was reading emails, completely disconnected. You remember that, babe? I remember. I remember when um, my wife told me one time, um, and I think it, it. And I think that's when it really stuck. She was like, "I remember. I wasn't even engaged at dinner." Um, and I mean, she just, I could tell that it was really bothering her. And I always tried to use the, 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 the excuse, well, I'm, I'm working. They need to, I'm working on this project. They need to get in contact with me. And that was a complete lie. It was a complete excuse. And it was unacceptable being the leader of this family. So, um, I resigned in my mind that I needed to, um, either find a different career path or find another place to work. And right then I started looking at, well, how can I, how can I make the jump? And it's funny when you, sometimes you ask God what you're looking for, you know, for something. It's funny how things happen. So I said, you know what, let me start looking. And um, before I could even really start looking, I had an executive recruiter call me. I went over to T-Mobile, you know, so on and so forth. And I was there for a few years, but the same thing started happening. And, and, and the reason why is I give a lot when it comes to my team. I want my team to be successful, but I realized that I was still out of priorities. I, my priorities were out of order because I was still putting my team at work before my team at home. And you can't do that. You can't do that, right? Oh, it's all right, Ebony. Ebony, Ebony, it is okay. You know, you know, you know, we don't, we ain't forgot about you, Ebony. All right. And yes, um, Ebony, who's, who's winning the Pittsburgh and New England game while we're watching, while we're, while we're on this Facebook live event? Who's winning? Who's winning, Ebony? Just tell me, just drop that in, Ebony, and let me know. But I want you to get back to, even while I was at T-Mobile, I still was out of sync. I was out of prioritization with my family. So what I resigned to do is I said, you know what? I will, I, and, and I said, you know what? I, I started saying I'm taking control of my career. And what I started doing is I said, you know what? I think what would give me an ideal work-life balance, an ideal harmony within my home is I want to work from home. I want a job that is, is home. Yes. All right. Um, I wanted a job where I was working from home. Now with AT&T, T-Mobile, there were days when I did that, but when you're in people leadership, um, when you're managing people, you gotta be in the office every day. So when I went to International SOS after T-Mobile, I still was leading people, but it was, I had a great, I had great leadership uh, by a lady by the name of Kimberly Touchette. Um, 
I was managing people, had the biggest book of business, I think, across the globe at the time. Um, but I had I had some good balance. She was very demanding um, and, and was very um, held you accountable. But there was a certain level of freedom that she allowed me to enjoy. And I really appreciated what she did. And I'm upset that New England won because um, I wanted Pittsburgh to win. Major's going to be upset because Pittsburgh is his favorite team. But that being said, that being said, um, I want you all to understand that I realized that while I was going to be working for corporate America, there were a couple of things that I absolutely demanded. One is I had to work from home. So after International SOS, great company called iJet came calling, uh, executive recruiter. And I told them, I said, if I'm not working from home, not because I'm lazy, not because I need I, 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 I like waking up in PJs and and and. And, and you know, no, it wasn't that. It was because I like to work life balance because I work hard. I'm committed to what I do. And so when I and, and all the other jobs, there was sometimes, you know, 60, 40, 50, 50. But now um, in my current capacity with iJet, I'm working from home full time and I enjoy it. Now, I still do quite a bit of traveling, but I'm able to sometimes take my son to school. I'm sometimes able to have lunch with my son. I'm sometimes able to have lunch with my wife. Um, and actually, the company gets more out of me because I can just roll over, uh, walk a few paces, and I'm at my desk, and I'm normally working that um, with less distraction. So my point is, is that you have to have that harmony. Um, I'm going to bring up a prime example, even as of today, guys. Old Marcus, about 10 years ago, 15 years ago, I put my daughter and my wife through, I think, an experience that could have crippled our relationship, um, could have had my daughter not wanting to really be bothered with church. Um, I grew up in church and I loved my experience. I grew up in church where we went to Sunday school then there was morning service. Then there might be an afternoon service. Um, then there was evening service. And you got home about 10 o'clock, right? Um, so, uh. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I was in church all day. And then there was Bible study on, on um, Wednesday. But Sundays, you were there all day. Well, I carried that same mentality into my marriage with Crystal and my daughter, who at the time was seven. And we would be at church from sun up till sometimes three or four in the afternoon. And they're waiting for me to go eat. Now, again, I loved the church I was at. Pastor Titus Stewart, amazing pastor. Amazing church, great ministry. But where I failed my family is that I was not prioritizing. There were times I should have said, Pastor Stewart, I've got to go. And he would not have said anything but Minister Holmes, I understand. But I chose not to do that out of ego. Yeah, I was just immature. Right. I was just immature. And I, and um, I, I, if I can no, step no, no, in no. on that, um, you know, that's how our family uh, is centered around 
Christ. So our faith is very important to us. Um, I'm so grateful that, you know, I, I married a husband who loves God. So church is, of course, not is something that we don't look at that as an afterthought. It's something that we um, both and, and not only going to church, but being involved as a part of building up whatever it is that the ministry yeah. is doing. So we, we are involved in that. That is that is our heart. We realize that, you know, we think everyone can find their place to do that yeah. in some way or fashion. And then you're teaching your children by your example um, to be faithful to serving God in some kind of capacity um, in the local church. So we believe in that. Um, I think that the main thing, what, what Marcus was saying is that you have to count the seasons in your life and you have to count the phases. You know, we were in a phase where yeah. when our daughter needed us to be um, a little bit more, um, I guess you would say like her schedule, you know, say like around the middle school years, there's different phases, you know, elementary there's certain things that we, we realize now we're like, wow, you know, major needs us. We need to be here, 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 here. And I think at that phase in our life, we were discovering, well, what are those things? Now, right. it's not saying that we had her, you know, out. I want you thinking we were one of those that we were out every week or we had long services all week long. It wasn't no, that. No, no, no. It was just that we realized that at that time there were things that we had did have challenges um, with saying no about. You know, I'll use myself as an example. I love, I realize that there are some things about music and what I do that is my calling. You know, this is part of my, you know, full-time job. This is not, you know, Marcus's full-time job. Marcus's full-time job, he's explained to you. There's some things I realize, you know, I, I do see um, that I have the capacity to do. But at that time, I was working as a teacher. Um, I was starting a business. And also mm -hmm. wanting to do the work as a full-time job because that's just how I am. I love it right. in that way. So what Marcus helped me to do was to find balance so that I could not fall out, y'all. <laughs> so that I could still be around um, to do this for years and years to come. Right. And I think that was something, I'm just speaking for myself, that was just really hard for me. And sometimes it can still be hard for me. Um, and that's why I've been resting because, you know, Christmas season is a, is a very busy season. So, so, you know, I think um, it, it's funny. It, it, things don't come, things will come full circle if you don't nip them in the bud. Right. And I love what <laughs> Ebony, the reason why I've left team, your comment up there. Much. My God. I was, I was on team too much. I was a minister. I was part of the board. I was, um, over the sound team, um, over the youth ministry, um, of course, part of the men's team, um, my pastor's armor bearer. Um, I, Mentally, just, and a lot it, of it is it was a just, lot of it, it was a lot. mental stretch because that's another thing. You know, some well, of us can say, well, you know, we can do this, 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 but mentally we stretch ourselves in a whole bunch of directions sometimes and then when it's all said and done, we were wore out on the inside. And like you said, you know, you don't want, it's not God's fault. It's not the leadership's no, it's, fault. It's, it, it, it was it's, my fault. No, yeah. no, no, no. Y'all, I need y'all to understand. It was completely my fault. All I had to learn how to do 
was say these two letters that are so powerful that will make you ultimately successful in life. The more easy you get, the more easy you are at able at, at having the ability to say no, the better off you will become. Mm. When you look at, um, I've heard Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, the super successful leaders of our time. Ebony oh, is that Ebony? Ebony, Ebony? Ebony is Ebony's good at good saying at that. No. She, she is. No. Ebony does have the gift of saying no. You, you are correct. And no, Ebony, we're so. joking, For but real. we're serious. You helped me. Um, when you learn how to say no, and see, I had a problem with that based on my personality. And when I became part of the John Maxwell team, and then I started really understanding, uh, started studying behavior and people's personality types, I realized that part of mine in certain um, environments, I want to please. Whereas at home, I'm a driver. I'm a high D. My wife knows that. But in certain environments where I know that I have to facilitate, um, I, I tend to say, you know, what? let's get it done, whatever it takes to get done. And that was wrong. Completely my whatever fault. So the whatever it takes mentality yeah. almost cost me um, my marriage and my family. But the one day when Crystal said, babe, you're doing too much and I'm at home working, you know, I'm working 16, 17 hours a day. Then I come home and I'm on the phone and I will tell you um, it's it, it. It it was a day of reckoning for me. So Ebony asked the question, did your relationship change with those church members when you said no? Some it did. Some it did. Um, but here's what here's here's the thing, Ebony. I didn't care. Um, when you start taking control of your life, because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for how I treat my wife, my daughter, how I lead them, how I lead myself. I didn't care. Mm, that's a good one. I did not care. You know why? My time, I own it. And for me to give it away, that's again, that's an excuse from a person who doesn't understand leadership. And so I'm going to tell you, Ebony, um, the, the more acquainted I become with saying no, the better off I become. And I'm trying to teach my, now my daughter, she don't have a problem with that. Crystal, this amazing woman. No, I'm I'm, no, Crystal does Crystal, my wife, She's getting better and better at that. But because of her personality, she's an electric personality. Um, she loves being around people. Um, my wife has an immense, you know, she has some broad shoulders, but she's getting better at saying no. I'm teaching my six-year-old son. Son, if you don't want to do something, now, again, we have to temper that, guys. I want you to understand he's not walking around the house right. telling us what he's going to do. <laughs> but I'm talking about when we do give him choices, we're letting him know, don't say yes just to please us, son. If you don't want to do it, say no. Here is my point. And here's the, here's my example. Um, after we, after um, we, we, we go to a church now, um, one of my good friends, uh, Pastor Eric Anderson, um, before I couldn't do this, before I'd had, so, so let me, let me give you the setting, right? Real quick. Let me give you the setting. All right. So last night, um, this morning, my son is still he's he's feeling sick. I think I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, he hasn't been feeling well. It's been battling a fever. Um, me and my wife are still leaders um, in our churches. Right. In, 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 in the church. We give back. 
but Major hasn't been feeling well. Um, so yeah, we're, I'm gonna I'm gonna share with you how how we're working it working out how how that's working out. Um, here, hold on. <laughs> hey, Ebony, Ebony, I know. Hey, 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 man. Yes, yes, yes. We we um. Hey, we we don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, here's so the oh, and, and and let me clear something up. My my um the church I used to go to, great church. Uh, Pastor Titus Stewart, Gregory Emanuel Family Worship Center. It's fine. We love those members. Um, love you know. We, yeah, we loved them. They loved us for well over a decade. So no hard feelings at all. It was me. I want you to understand the church did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. All me. I owned everything because I was the one saying either yes or no to my time. Okay. So fast forward a few years. Matter of fact, fast forward to this morning and let me show you how I've changed. And I hope this helps you. Major sick. I called up. I called up Pastor Anderson, Pastor Eric, and I said, Eric, I'm not going to be able to make it today. My son is sick. Crystal has to lead worship at, of course, uh, your church. And then she has to go down the street to Christ Temple um, to help with the children's music ministry there. And there was no regret. There was no, oh boy, uh oh, I can't do this. Now, let me tell you what I used to do in the past. Five, what, eight, nine years ago with my daughter, I would have said, you know what, me and Crystal, I had a leadership position at the church. Crystal had a leadership position at the church. We would have been trying to, and I'm looking at my daughter right now, I would have put her on some Benadryl, <laughs> a, 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 a cocktail of some sorts. She would have probably been looking like a zombie, laying on the back seat of the bench uh-huh. of the uh, in the church, sick uh-huh. or up in the balcony. <laughs> we would have had her on some Mucinex, yeah. a cocktail of Mucinex, Tylenol, Benadryl, just to get her out the door I'm so laughing. we could be at church. I'm laughing because she said some people would be there at church. They'd be what? What'd you say? Yeah, I mean, so do you see where, <laughs> do you see where I'm going? Um, I, I, I'm letting you know now, guys. I've I've grown, right? Um, I've grown. I've grown. And that wasn't on my wife. That's completely on me. Now you fast forward to now, there's certain mistakes that I made with my daughter that I'd be a fool if I continue to make with my son. And I say that completely, completely honestly and transparently that I have to learn from the mistakes that we went through with our daughter and she appreciates that we're not we're, we've learned from them. So we're not putting her little brother um, through the same through the same challenges. Right. So I stayed at home with major and I love going to church, love going to church. But I stayed at home with him. That wouldn't have happened about 12, 13 years ago. I don't. It, 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 and, and you know what, Taria, you make a good point. You make a good point. I don't feel guilty. When it comes to not going to church, you know why? The church is right here in my heart. And what I'm saying is, do you think, is God really pleased? Was he pleased with me um, over the fact that 13, 14 years ago, I would, again, give my daughter some medicine and say, let's go. Jesus is going to heal you at church. And I believe that he could. But God also gave us common sense. 
And I should have been saying, you know what? Hey, Chris, one of us has to stay home. But the majority of the time, oh, no, 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 no. Camille, unless Camille was hacking, I mean, about to cough up a lung, she was coming to church with us. And that's wrong. And y'all, I'm letting you know, I've been freed from the guilt of, and again, it's because of how I was raised. And there's nothing wrong with how I was raised. But my church, oh, no, you came to church. Oh, you coming to church. Well, and I mean, it's one thing right? for you to, to, to feel obli- well the obligation because you want things to be done well. You, you, you want things to be done in excellence. You love God. You love God's people. Yeah. You want God's people to not miss out an opportunity for your, you know, that your service is an enhancement in some kind of way, whatever it is that you're doing. And, and, and here's the deal. Nobody felt more difficult about staying home or missing or different things. I have never, I mean, I feel like even when we got married, I think I we had never had a holiday. There was never a time where I missed <laughs> church, like at Christmas, Easter, and then we got married Easter weekend. I even felt awkward during that weekend because right. I'm used to being a servant in church, Amen. doing what I do, yeah. helping, yeah. singing, doing whatever I can do. And so I had to realize just what you said. This is not giving someone a ticket to say, don't go stay away from the building because I am a true believer that you should not just like the word says forsake not your assembly because there's something about when God's people come together that is not the same as internet church and all this stuff. You know, I've been telling Camille all these years, you know, get in the building. Don't just, you know, use technology because I do think that's incredible that we have that ability, but there is still the relationships that, that are so important for you to foster yeah. in being in, in the house of God. But again, in talking about relationships, if we're really about family, if we're really about the family is the focus, then that means that whatever the family's needs are, we rally around those things or we say, OK, we may show concern for one another, but we don't show concern like, you know, just about your attendance, you know, like, like, you know, where were you? You know, we miss you on Sunday. Well, you know, is everything OK with your family? You know, is, how's your son doing? You know, how's your job doing? You know, how's your so- life doing? Because sometimes we can make it feel as if the only thing we're concerned about is what you do when you're there. And then yeah, you pull away. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, my, yeah. then my question is, well, did we really have a relationship? Because if it was real relationship, whether I'm in the building or not, whether I'm, you know, if, if you know my heart of hearts, then it's not about the building. It's about the relationships that we've established together. Yep. And then if this change, if the wind of change comes, had a great message uh, this morning about the wind from Pastor David Allen, by the way. Wonderful message about wind, something that you can't see, but you can sense the change because you see what it leaves behind or you see what it's affecting. So sometimes the wind of change comes and all that simply means is, oh, this person has not left God. This person is not, you know, leaving the faith, but this person is saying that there's a shift that has to happen in their lives and their family. And it may be just seasonal, but real relationship will stay with you through those things. And it's not clickish, you know, it's not about this church or that church. And, and you know, that's kind of the way that our family, I believe God has had us to shape our, our, our families yeah. and who we are and how we are to serve him is that it's not about, you know, if God is telling us that this is where we're going this season, can you can you roll with that, knowing that? So, so you know, can, that, I, can, I take it a, can I take it a step further, babe? Sure. All right. It. So, y'all, 
here is where um, I want you to be delivered <laughs> from the shackles of tradition. Mm. Delivered. The, the, the reason why I, I love my good friend, Eric Anderson, is he believes in family first. God, then family. And then again, you know, my, the family priority system, right? You know, your children after your wife, then it's your career. Then it's the, the community, your church, what you're doing outside of, of that. But I need y'all to understand something. The only reason I'm going to his church, one of the, one of the, the and we talked about this. And so, you know, maybe it's because I'm 42 and I don't, I don't, I've came to the point where I don't care anymore. I don't care about your ideals or process or traditions if it interrupts the priority system and value chain of my family. So when Eric was getting ready to launch his church, when Pastor Anderson was getting ready to launch his church, he said, Marcus, what are, what are some of the things that you would want in a church? And I said, one, first and foremost, family first. And I said, I said, Pastor, I will not be attending any churches ever again that put more value on my presence and just being there than a family focus first. And I said, and, and, and I'm not speaking in reference to any churches that I've been a part of in the past um, or that I've mentioned in this conversation. But what I'm saying is, is that I said, Eric, I take ownership of my family and the values I place on them. And I said, I will never let uh, uh, an organization impact that negatively. I said, Eric, I own my time. I'm the leader of my family. And so what I loved about him is I already knew that's the way he views things regardless. So that's why we work so well together. Um, um, when I was at Grace Church, I didn't join in any significant ministries. Why? Because I had made a focused decision and intentional decision that my son, who at the time, um, he had just turned one when we started attending grace. What I decided to do, hey, son, can you just turn that down just a little bit for daddy? I appreciate that. Oh, you're so awesome. Thank you, son. Thank you, buddy. Here's what happened. I thought I decided I said I wasn't going to be involved in media ministry, um, any other ministry, you, you know, the prayer team ministry. And I was raring to do it. But I said, you know what? I'm not going to make the same mistake that I did with my daughter. And I'm so involved in other ministries and giving to other ministries and growing other people that I'm not involved with my daughter. I'm not involved with my wife like I know I should be. So, you know what I did? I was involved in church, but guess where I was? I was in the nursery. And so when Major was one year old, one years old, I was in the nursery. And I was actually sewing into those kids. I just changed the dynamic, y'all. But every um, level that Major moved to, I was in the nursery. Then it went to you know preschool. Then it went to children's ministry. And guess what? Some of those kids that are now majors age that I've been working with since they were one and two years old, when I see them, there's a connection there. Because I love children. But my point is, is that I decided that, you know what? 
I wanted to spend time with him. I wanted him to see me in church with him where he was. And so sometimes, you know, again, I think we have phases in our life that we miss out on because we don't do some of the things that you were saying from the very beginning when you talked about um, even being at AT AT&T. And I was just sitting there listening like, wow, you know, how great is that to know that the leader of my house was willing to pray about his career and not just say, I want to just fast forward to becoming a VP you know, in this company and I'm only going to stay here and do whatever it takes to get that. You know, it's again, we pray because we acknowledge to God that we need you in it. We when we don't pray, we're telling God the opposite. So that's with everything. You know, I looked at what you just said about ministry and what you're what we're supposed to be doing. When we pray and we ask God, he'll show you, oh, I want you over here. And then now, you know, you're kindergarten cop or you're, you know, you're the male that's in the preschool. And, and, you know, y'all know women and we're always the ones that are mainly in that that place. But you're able to impact little lives. And you never had that before. Before that, you know, of course, we love teenagers and we love, you know, we love that we love our teens and we love working with our youth and we love we love all facets adulthood everything but to actually be able to focus in on that and and i you know just sitting here thinking about how amazing you were in there and just how you know the kids to this day still run up to you and they love Man, you, I, I love, what I you love did. Those kids. and i feel the same way i feel like what that allowed me to do was have an opportunity you know i thank god you know pastor michael gave me the opportunity to teach you know because i love to teach the word you know I love to sing about the word, but I love my time that I got to spend teaching about the word of God and learning how to plant seeds in that in that way. So I think it's just so awesome. We have to pray, ask God, move with him. Don't be afraid of what people say. Don't be afraid of what people think and, and how they're going to they're going to view you and their opinions of you. Follow Christ. That's in and, and y'all. I think is we're button up on one hour. What? Crystal just said, sums it up. You can't care what people think. You have to care what God thinks. And then you have to follow the system he's put in place. Follow God, follow his system, his system. Everything will work out. Move towards harmony, not balance. Have harmonious relationships where sometimes there's going to be times where my wife is working extra long hours. I can't be selfish, but I know that there's an expiration date to that project, to that to that 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 event, then it's then it's me time. Then it's Marcus time. Then it's me and Crystal time. I, I can now get some of that attention that, that I've wanted. But it's the harmony. It's the balance, right? So that being said, y'all, I had some really cool stuff um, that I wanted to share, and I, I wanted to touch on as we're moving into 2018 what some of the best goal planners on the market are. Um, if you don't have a goal planner, you should. There are some great ones out there. I'm going to go through this real quick. And I, I know my wife is going to be like, no, babe, you don't have to be right on an hour. That's the military life coming out. In me. I was raised by a command sergeant major where time you value people's time. And I know that I normally say an hour, but it's not like I, um, I can't go over a little bit. But I want you to know that I have some good information I want to share with you real quick. And if you let me go till 705, um, 
uh, I'll be out of your hair um, and you can get on with your evening. So what are the best goal planners? Goal planners just where you where you write your goals. Number one for me right now is Michael Hyde's full focus planner. Um, great planner. Um, I need to I need to order mine, that, but I'm trying to finish the one that I actually use now, which I'm going to talk to you about. Then there's number two is John Maxwell. He just uh, for the first time ever created this signature series planner. Um, being I'm a John Maxwell fan, anything he puts out is always quality and on point, just like Michael Hyatt. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I will tell you this much. Uh, the self journal, that's one I use. Where did that self journal go? Oh, here it is. This what right here, it's a subscription. Um, normally I think you can do it. It's, I think once a quarter, there's enough, um, uh, sheets in here, but I love the, uh, the self journal, um, really good stuff. I know you can't see that it's too far away, but, um, I, I liked it. I ordered it. Um, and I'm always trying ones until I find the one that, 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 you know, really vibes with me. Now, the one that I've been using for a very long time, and I mean, I think this is going into my third or fourth year is the Moleskin study planner, um, for Evernote with the digital integration. Yeah. Oh, I sure did, babe. Thank you for catching that. Thank you for catching that. Um, the Moleskin, yeah, let me get it again. The Moleskin Evernote Digital Planner. This one right here, the reason why I like it is when I'm in meetings or I'm taking notes, um, I literally can, and I don't know if you use Evernote, but Evernote is my digital locker. It has everything, all my notes. I keep my journal there. It's a digital locker. It's a digital file system for me. But whatever I write in this book, right, um, I can put little tags. And Evernote, if I, if I take a picture with Evernote, it'll pick up that tag, and I can create certain um, categories or folders and it picks it up when I put these tags on a certain note or a certain day or a certain topic or a certain whatever I do. And so what I like about that um, is, again, it gives me the best of both worlds. I can write in it like it's a journal. And um, this Moleskin Evernote, I normally buy about five or six. Um, sometimes Chris will find them for me out there um, while she's shopping. But I have a bunch of these. But I love this. This is the Moleskin um, Evernote, uh, I call it the journal, but I love it. It's what I've been using and I just can't get away from it because again, it gives me the best of both worlds. Then there's, uh, for students, the monster study planner for students. Great. I think it's about $12. You can order it on Amazon. And if you're an Amazon prime, like Jesus, the majority <laughs> of America is, I found out, um, uh, not the majority, but a great healthy portion. You can have that in two days. And guys, if you haven't written out your short-term goals, your long-term goals, um, guys, you got to do that, right? So here's what I want you to do. 2018, do you, do you have short and long-term goals? Have you done your one, three, five-year, your 10-year, your 20-year, your 50-year, your 100-year plan? Super successful people are writing 100-year plans for what their great, great, great grandchildren are going to be doing what they're going to will to them. And then they start working towards it. I want that. I'm not at 50 yet. I'm, 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 I'm hitting 20, 
But my 50 and 100 year plan, I want to start working on that with um, me and my wife want to start working on that this year. So, you know, I, I'll say this. Um, I'm getting ready and 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 uh, my team is working with me. Taria, uh, we're going to have a uh, family. Um, we're creating a family goal planner for blended families. That's we're going to be working on that content and dropping that hopefully before Christmas or at the start of the new year. So you can you you can figure out what your family goals are. And guys, I just want to let you know. Um, I think that's about it. All right. Get get those planners. Write it down. The weakest ink. Or how, how does it go? Um, the weakest ink is stronger than the greatest mind. Why? When you write it down, it can never be forgotten. So let's uh, let's make sure, guys, to level up this year in terms of what we're going to be. Um, doing, write it down. Um, there's a psychology to it when you write down your goals and then you break down those goals into the steps in order to achieve them. Guys, do it and execute. Let 2018, matter of fact, let today, let it start being the year of execution for you. Let's not wait till 2018. I don't believe in New Year's resolutions. You start when you're ready. Let's start now. All right. Let's start working on being a better family. Start working on that harmony. I love you guys. Me and me and my wife, I'm going to let her go to bed a little early tonight. Um, yeah, I'm going to let you. I'm, I'm trying. Y'all, I haven't had no me time in a long time. All right. Yeah, babe, I want to. Didn't you talk about this book? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about me time as in me and you time. Oh. Yeah, I want yeah. some time with you. Yeah. So, oh, and Major said and me. Um it's always major. Time. The weakest ink is stronger than the greatest mind. Love it. Yes. Write it down. My wife knows I don't write it down. It ain't getting done. Why? Because I have so much going on. I don't depend on this great brain of mine. I write it down. Now, y'all, this book right here, my wife got, and it is absolutely hilarious. You have to get it. What every man needs to know about marriage, the seven comical keys to success. Oh, my God. Let me just do two of them for you, and I think you'll get the point. It's hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. Let's go to tape. Okay. Chapter one, acceptable reasons to commit adultery. Let me flip the book around. Acceptable reasons to commit adultery. Would you like to do that for me, babe? Uh, yeah. You notice. Oh, let's, let's flip to the next page. Oh, there's some acceptable. Oh, there's another reason. Uh, you get my point. <laughs> it's blank. You're right. There is no acceptable reason. Now let's go to number two. What's number two, babe? Best types of advice to give your wife while she's sharing her feelings with you. Best types of advice to give your wife while she's sharing her feelings with you. I'm going to. This was awesome. Y'all have to hear this one. Here it is. Look. Ah, it was blank again. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I learned the hard way. Just shut up and listen, Marcus. And listen with intent. Listen like you want to listen, Marcus. Because you know what? Whatever she's saying, it's amazing. Whatever she's saying is mind-blowing. You just sit there and listen. You know what I learned? I learned this a long time with my wife and my daughter. My daughter will call me sometimes from California or Houston or D.C., I will say two words. 
and we'll talk for about an hour. And my daughter will, I think she says like, she'll be on like word one million and one. And I've said two words, but you know what? I'm listen, listening intently. I'm listening intently. And I, and, and she knows it, but you know what? My wife and my daughter know that outside of sometimes when it's late and I might fall asleep, but I listen. And I learned that a long time ago, having a house full of women, including including our dog Diva, when she barks, <laughs> when she barks a lot, I'm listening. He had all, he looked, so, he had all women. Y'all want you to know, want you to know, guys. Great book, great comedy. You gotta get it. <laughs> it was hilarious when I first read this. Um, but again, y'all, thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed the content. Love you guys. Catch you. Um, I, we're going to take off Christmas Eve. All right. Um, but we'll be back in the new year. All right. Love you guys. Make your blended family work. Be intentional about be intentional about it. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Have a Merry great Christmas. Christmas. OK. From the Holmes family. Come on over here, Major. May wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Uh, give it to him in Spanish. You in that Spanish immersion class. Give him some give him some Spanish. Give him some Spanish no, love. Okay, here, come on. Okay, say Merry Christmas in Spanish. I don't know. Oh, stop it. Yes, you do. Feliz Navidad. All right. Can you sing it? No. Okay, all right. All right. I'm putting him on the spot. But I just want y'all to know, you take care, have a good one, and we'll catch you next year. All right. Bye-bye.